programme is sponsored by the Wolves Disabled Supporters Association. Welcome to the Wolverhampton Wanderers Audio Match Day programme. In this issue, you will hear an interview from Matthias Nunes, some messages from Bruno Larger and your captain, Ruben Neves, and of course, some insight into our visitors today, Manchester City. But before that, here is a small piece in tribute to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, who sadly passed away last Thursday, the 8th of September. Rest in peace, Her Majesty. Molyneux will pay tribute to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, ahead of today's Premier League fixture with Manchester City. Pre-match, Molyneux will fall silent in honour of her extraordinary life and contribution as the country's longest-serving monarch. In 1949, the then Princess Elizabeth was at Wembley Stadium to hand Wolves captain Billy Wright the FA Cup trophy, following the club's 3-1 victory over Leicester City. Thirteen years later, the now Queen of England visited Molyneux to inspect and present colours to military units, including the Staffordshire Yeomanry and North and South Staff's regiments. The streets outside Molyneux were lined with locals waving flags as the Queen arrived in Wolverhampton, and once in the stadium she saluted a crowd of 30,000 people. Following her Molyneux appearance, the Queen attended the Civic Hall for lunch with local dignitaries, which was captured in the Express and Star the next morning. At this incredibly sad time, Molyneux joins all those in mourning the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. And now a note from head coach Bruno Larger. Good afternoon and welcome back to Molyneux on a day where we will all come together and pay our respects to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, says Bruno. Football must sometimes take a back seat when a major event happens that sends shockwaves throughout the world, and that happened last weekend following the announcement of the Queen's sad passing. I have lived in this country for many years now, so I have seen how much the Queen was respected and loved by people in the UK, but even back in Portugal, when anyone said the King, you would think of the King of Spain, but if anyone said the Queen, you would think of the Queen of England. She meant that much to everyone in all corners of the world. She was a magnificent leader and a wonderful figurehead for this country as she guided the UK through some very difficult times during the last 70 years. Being a leader can be a very difficult task, but for someone who did not choose to be in the situation she found herself in at a very young age, and having to step up and show the leadership she has done during her life, must be commended. I have always respected Her Majesty for her strong sense of duty and her determination to dedicate her life to the people here in the UK and across the Commonwealth. Today's match gives us all the opportunity to pay tribute and remember the extraordinary life she led and during the silence that will be held before kick-off, I urge everyone to take a moment for personal reflection before giving the players your brilliant support once again throughout the 90 minutes. Facing a team like Manchester City is never easy. Everyone knows the quality they possess as one of the best teams in the world, with one of the best managers in the world, and I offer a warm welcome to Pep Guardiola and the staff, players and supporters who've made the journey down from Manchester today. Last time City came here to Molyneux, I was unfortunately absent from the stadium, as I had tested positive for Covid, but I was still very proud of the way my coaching staff and players gave their all that day against a very good team. Every area of their game is strong, and we have a great admiration for how Pep and his players perform week in and week out, but we have a great belief and confidence in our group that we can create lots of difficulties for them this afternoon. We were happy with both our performance and the result against Southampton when we were last here at Molyneux together, and that good energy we had on the pitch came from our fans in the stands. I thank you for your support, and know you will be pushing us all the way this afternoon, while paying the best tribute we can to the Queen. Rest in peace, Your Majesty. Bruno
and now we'll hear from your captain, Ruben Neves. Last week was a sad period for this country, and today is an opportunity for us to pay our respects to Queen Elizabeth II, writes Reuben. We all know that she was a very important person to everyone in England, and since I've been here I've felt that. Every time I went to London there were always people around Buckingham Palace. The monarchy is iconic in England, and here at Wolves we all have a lot of respect for her and the royal family. I hope today we put on a fitting tribute. In football, everything you do creates a reaction, so we'll try to pay our respects to the Queen and, of course, her family. As a result of the news, our game at Liverpool was naturally postponed. We had prepared to play, we already had our plan and really wanted to play, but there are things we cannot control, and of course we understand the Premier League's position. With the situation, I think it was the best decision for everyone. Following the postponement, we tried to make it a normal week, so we trained on Saturday and then we were off on Sunday, which would have been the case if the game took place. We tried to make it as normal as possible. We didn't play, but our schedule was the same. Preparations quickly turned to City, and we all know what this game is about. Playing against City is always really hard, but we're at home, which will be in our favour. I hope we have Molyneux at its best, to help push forward the team. We want to win the game like we always do, and we're counting on our supporters to help us. That's what they did when we beat Southampton two weeks ago. Since the first week, our goal was to win every single game. It doesn't matter the opponent. We have different tactics and details for each game, but we always try to win. Today won't be different. We'll get on the pitch looking to win the game for Wolves. Since the last game, we've welcomed Bobacar and Diego to the club. Two more players to help the team. Bobacar was linked with us last season, so the staff know him very well, and we can already see his intensity in training. He's settling down well. Diego is Diego. Everyone knows him and he's a great guy. He settled down very quickly. I think in his first session it was like he'd been here for a long time already. He's a really happy person and it's easy to work with him. I hope they can both help us a lot and I'm looking forward to seeing them both on the pitch. Enjoy the game. The Interview Mateus Nunes a Premier League debut less than 72 hours after arriving in the country may be daunting for some footballers, but for Matthias Nunes, his prior knowledge of the English game gave him the perfect preparation. Born in Brazil, few knew of the midfielder's surprising football upbringing until he arrived on English shores just one month ago. It was Sunderland, the Black Cats, the Stadium of Light, which first captured the sporting imagination of Wolves' latest Portuguese superstar. The 24-year-old stepdad hails from the northeast of England, so when it came to footballing influences for the impressionable youngster, they came from Wearside. Weekends were spent watching the Black Cats in the Premier League, so years down the line, when an avenue into that very same league opened up, Nunes knew what was to come. Every Sunday we would be watching Sunderland in the mornings, he explained. When I was a little kid we would be up every weekend watching the Premier League on TV, not only Sunderland but all the rest of the teams. Nunes speaks with an assurance, a sense of belonging. From day one at Compton, he's felt comfortable, almost as if this signing was always meant to be. Like that time spent with his stepdad set him up not only for football in this country, but also life in general. My English isn't that brilliant, he suggested modestly. It's OK. I always liked the English language in general, since I was a little kid in school. But of course, he made it very easy for me to learn English, because he speaks it. Here, I don't think the Wolverhampton accent is as strong as Sunderland. It's much more difficult to understand my stepdad. Fortunately, the Portuguese presence, as has been the case so often in the past, made the settling-in process seamless for the club's new arrival from southern Europe. Earlier in his career, Nunes spent half a season at Estoril, 
and cross paths with Toti, meaning his move to Molyneux represented a welcome reunion. Having not only Portuguese teammates, but people I actually know very well, like Toti, because I played with him at Estoril, is very good, said Mateus. He and the rest have helped me a lot on a daily basis, and I probably wouldn't have had this help at another club, because I wouldn't have Portuguese or former teammates like I have here. Feels very good to have them here. Toti has taken me to restaurants, I'm here by myself at the moment, so I'm living with him, and we've pretty much been doing everything here. I've tried the local food before because of my stepdad. My grandmother and grandfather were good at cooking, so I've tried British food and I knew it was good. Chips with ribeye steak. Fortunately for Wolves, Nunes isn't planning to make steak and chips part of his daily diet. Of course, his focus is on the pitch, where he's already impressed in a very short space of time. He laid on a brilliant assist for the club's first winning goal of the Premier League season against Southampton a fortnight ago, a teaser of what is to come, Bruno Lajo will hope. It was the head coach's pursuit of the Portugal international which sealed the deal in his mind too. The sense of importance appeals to Nunes. He felt wanted, and was right to. He started all five matches since his Molyneux arrival, and he admitted that was the deciding factor in his Wolves' decision. It's because of the coach. He wanted me a lot. He talked to me and my godfather about the way he wanted me to play here, what he expected from me, and the way he pushed made me feel like this was the right place for me. I was very happy he wanted me that much. He put trust in me after two days of training against Tottenham. Because I didn't have much time to think, it was perfect. It was much faster than the Portuguese league. I think every game is the same. From what I've seen ages ago, the Premier League has always been like this. I felt good as I knew this was where I was supposed to be. It's very fast, fast counter-attacks, very strong, very physical, so I didn't get surprised by that, but of course it's quite different from Portugal. The players here are much stronger and bigger, taller, but not only that, they're more aggressive too, and get close to you a lot faster than in Portugal. The competitive nature of the Premier League Nunes alludes to will be evident this afternoon at Molyneux. The reigning champions Manchester City are in town, having started the season in typically devastating fashion under Pep Guardiola, who in the past has linked himself to Wolves number 27. Earlier this calendar year, City convincingly beat Sporting CP in the Champions League knockout stages, but Guardiola knew his players had been in a game. Post-match, his, I would say that Mateus Nunes is one of the best players in the world, quote, gained traction, making it impossible for the young Portuguese to avoid questioning which, typically, he took in his stride. Of course it made me happy to have listened to a compliment from Pep Guardiola, he said. I just tried to not put all of my attention into that because I'm still young. I need to get better and improve. Of course it feels good to listen to a compliment like that. I just tried to put it away and focus on what I had to do because I think there are a lot of better players than I am at this point. That modest mindset, mixed with a jovial and light-hearted personality around the training ground, will keep Nunes grounded. It's no secret that the World Cup in Qatar creeps closer. After this weekend, the final international fixtures take place, before all eyes turn to Qatar, and Nunes has eight caps to add to. A first major international tournament is a genuine possibility for the midfielder, who scored his first goal for Portugal against Turkey back in March. But with important Premier League fixtures standing between now and Qatar, his focus is on Wolves, and the rest will take care of itself, he believes. The aim is just to get as high as we can in the table, and of course try to reach Europe, says Nunes. I think that's our main goal. For me, try to help the team and the club to get to that point. Try to do my best and try to make the fans enjoy my football. My focus now is on helping Wolves, and if I do well here, I'll have more chance to get called up. We'll see for the World Cup, because Portugal have a lot of competition, good players playing in amazing teams like I am here. 
course I want to go. I've dreamed about it since I was a little kid playing in a World Cup. I just have to work as hard as I can. After the final whistle. Wolves goalkeeper Jose Saar takes readers through his typical matchday routine from the moment the final whistle blows. Back in the changing room, Saar says, On the pitch I look for my family in the stand, my wife and my daughter. In the dressing room it depends on the result. Sometimes I'll have a drink, but not always. Reacting to a win or loss. If we win, I'm happy. I look at my phone. If we lose, I'll stay for ten minutes in my place, reflecting, without talking to anybody, only listening to what people say. Speaking to the press. Saar says, If we've won, I don't mind doing it. If we lose, I don't want to. My English is fine, so it's okay. Starting recovery. Some people do the ice bath after the game, says Saar. It's up to you. Normally I don't. The next day we have massages, the pool, the jacuzzi. The staff write on the board what we have to do. Post-match food. I just eat what they have in the dressing room, says Saar. Sometimes they put chicken wraps and they're very good. I eat anything. It's different after each game. Getting over a defeat. It's difficult, says Saar. Maybe until the next training session, sometimes. Even if we have a day off, it's when I prepare for the next game. Watching the game back. It depends if we've won or lost, says Saar. If we've won, I'm happy, so I enjoy the time with my family. If we lose, I think about what we can do better to win the game until the next session. I won't watch the game, but sometimes I see the clips and look back at what I can improve. Social media reaction. Sometimes I go on, sometimes not, says Saar. I don't care what people say, though. What I have to listen to is what my coach says, what I can improve. This is what matters to me. I put pictures up when we win, but if we lose, I don't. Relaxing and recovering. Normally I, sleep, I can sleep okay. Sometimes it depends. 80% of the time I can sleep. I'll be with my family and relax at home watching TV. Talking it through. My wife is the person I speak to, says Saar. When I leave the dressing room, I go to her. Sometimes she comes to the game. She says if I was good or if I can do better. It's always good. The Visitors The Citizens Manchester City head back to the West Midlands following last weekend's postponement. It was not the result City would have wanted last time out, coming away from Villa Park with a 1-1 draw. So Pep Guardiola's men will be hungry to get back to winning ways as they hunt for a ninth league title. First Impressions Man City 1, Wolves 1 The 30th of September 1899, Division 1 the first ever meeting of the two clubs came in the top flight of 1899-1900, following Manchester City's promotion from the second division. The side from the northwest took the second tier by storm the previous season and hosted Wolves for the first time at their old Hyde Road ground in late September. It was an even contest between the sides who would ultimately end the season in seventh and fourth position respectively, as goals from City's Jimmy Ross and Wolves' John Bryan saw the spoils shared. Replayed. Wolves 1, Man City 5, 11th of May 2022, Premier League. Kevin De Bruyne starred as Manchester City took all three points last time at Molyneux. The Belgian put his side ahead early on and despite Leander Dendonka's equaliser, his international teammate found the net another three times before Raheem Sterling added a fifth in the closing stages. Magic Moments Number 1, 
Aguero. Considering it's been ten years since Sergio Aguero's last-minute Premier League winning goal against QPR, there are certain moments that can transcend the game. Moments that live forever in the minds of supporters of all teams. Moments that define the very essence of the sport. And this was certainly one. With the dreams of a first league title in 44 years slipping away, the Argentine striker popped up at the death of the final match of the season to steal the trophy from under the noses of arch-rivals Manchester United and secure a place in the club's folklore. Number 2. Abu Dhabi Group Takeover Since 2008, nothing has been the same for City since Sheikh Mansour and the Abu Dhabi United Group became new owners of the club. While bringing in Mark Hughes as the new manager and the record-breaking signing of Rubinho from Real Madrid were ultimately disappointing, they are now historical footnotes in what has become the most successful period for those in Sky Blue. Six league titles have followed in the last 14 years, as well as two FA Cups and six League Cups, including the club winning the domestic treble in 2018-19. Number 3. Promotion Shootout The 1998-99 season was spent in Division 2, but despite having the league's second-best goal difference, City had amassed only 82 points and faced a promotion playoff with Gillingham at Wembley Stadium. It was not going to be earned the easy way, and with just minutes left of normal time, it seemed like it would be another miserable day for City fans, as their side trailed by two goals. But having struck back to claim a dramatic draw in the final minute of the match, the tie went to penalties, and City emerged victorious, when Nicky Weaver blocked Guy Butter's spot kick. Number 4. Champions of England Manchester City were almost 60 years old when they earned their first of eight top-flight titles, as they went on a remarkable run during the 1936-37 First Division campaign. After losing on Christmas Day 1936 in a match against Grimsby Town, City underwent an impressive 22-match unbeaten streak. Their draw against Birmingham City on the last day of the season was academic, as they had already wrapped up the league title. A second title followed in 1968, as City defeated Newcastle United 4-3 on the final day. Number 5. Early FA Cup victories Before City's 1936-37 league success, the side had already claimed a pair of FA Cup trophies. The first of those came in 1904, as City beat Bolton Wanderers in the final at Crystal Palace to become the first Manchester side to win a major trophy. City added to that title 30 years later. Having lost the 1933 FA Cup final to Everton, they redeemed themselves 12 months later, pipping Portsmouth 2-1 at Wembley Stadium to lift the famous cup for the second time. Scout Report. Sevilla 0, Manchester City 4. Following the postponement of the Premier League last weekend, Manchester City began their search for a first Champions League title, with their group stage opener away in Seville. Bouncing back from league disappointment at Villa Park three days previously, Pep Guardiola's men put the six-time Europa League winners to the sword, with a four-goal rout of Sevilla, as Erling Haaland's brace was added to by Phil Foden and Ruben Diaz. Goal threat You would struggle to find a more informed striker in world football than Erling Haaland. The 22-year-old Norwegian has made an incredible start to his Manchester City career, finding the back of the net 12 times in his opening eight appearances in all competitions while donning the sky blue. Assist King Last Tuesday evening was an enjoyable outing for Portuguese right-back João Cancelo, as he twice picked out his teammates for a pair of assists on the night. Although Kevin De Bruyne leads the way in all competitions for assists this season, notching his fifth of the campaign for the opener against Sevilla. Dead Ball Specialist 
Although his shooting was uncharacteristically wayward last Tuesday evening, Kevin De Bruyne continues to be the man to set City on their way from set pieces. But it's not just from the dead ball where he thrives, with his perfectly precise passes cutting open the severe defence. Midfield Enforcer The dirty work in the City midfield is usually the job of the whole team, with no single player taking a lead when it comes to tackles and interceptions. As the central player in the three, Rodri would be expected to be that enforcer in the middle, but he only registered two tackles in his last three matches. Providing fresh legs Although they don't have the biggest squad in the Premier League, it's not like Man City don't have a host of quality additions they can call upon off the bench. England international Calvin Phillips, fresh from his summer move from Leeds United, can add an extra spark to an already packed midfield. The Global Stage As the football calendar this season will be transformed for the Winter World Cup, we take a look back at the Wolves' representatives at major international tournaments from yesteryear. This time we're at the 1950 World Cup in Brazil. England's 1950 campaign. England 2, Chile 0, 25th of June 1950. Estadio do Maracana, Rio de Janeiro. United States 1, England 0, 29th of June 1950. Estadio Independencia, Belo Horizonte. Spain won England nil, 2nd of July 1950, Estadio do Maracana, Rio de Janeiro. Billy Wright, Bert Williams, Jimmy Mullen. Having opted against attending the first three World Cups, England, led by Captain Billy Wright and Wolves teammates Bert Williams and Jimmy Mullen, made their first jaunt into the competition as it headed to Brazil in 1950. But what followed was calamitous. Heading into the competition as favourites and presented as certain to be returning home triumphantly, the three Lions got off to a positive start as they faced Chile, with all three Wolves men included in the lineup at the newly constructed Maracana in Rio de Janeiro. Although Chile was a team mostly composed of part-timers, England were able to overcome their opponents, albeit with warning signs, as players complained of the heat and humidity. It was clear the team were running on empty well before the final whistle and their fortunes turned in their second game of Group B, as England, despite hitting the woodwork 11 times and having more than 90% of possession, lost to a USA side. However, all was not lost, as victory against Spain in the final game would see them through. But, after being beaten by a physical Spanish side, England were dumped out of the World Cup. Disability Focus Dementia Mahindra World Alzheimer's Day is celebrated on the 21st of September. As we host Molyneux Memories, a community dementia cafe, and have dementia match day experiences, we at Wolves fully support any fan with a diagnosis of dementia. There are over 400 different types of dementia. Whilst dementia itself is not a disease, there are some, such as Alzheimer's, which cause it. Sometimes people can have more than one. This is called mixed dementia. The most common types are Alzheimer's disease, 60%, and vascular, 17%. Huntington's disease and Parkinson's are also forms of dementia. Mahindra has supported Wolves since 1969, with his first game being against Liverpool. He attends Molyneux Memories with his brother Ash and loves thinking back to memories such as when people climb the floodlights to watch games like Leeds. Favourite Wolves player, Ruben Neves. Favourite away ground, Old Trafford. Favourite Wolves moment, my favourite memory was the 1980 League Cup, says Mahindra. What Wolves means to me. Wolves is everything to me. I love coming to Molyneux Memories and being involved with the club. 
For more information on accessibility at Wolves, please contact fanservices at wolves.co.uk. First Steps Examining the clubs which handed the current old gold stars their first opportunity in the professional game, and Red Bull Salzburg, who gave He Chan Huang his senior break, are next up. Professional debut SC Mattersburg, nil, RB Salzburg, nil, 6th of December 2015. Huang made his senior debut for RB Salzburg in a nil nil draw away to SC Mattersburg in December 2015. The South Korean forward started the game at right wing but wasn't able to help the side to victory in his first game for the club. A few months previously, Huang had made a professional debut while on loan at FC Leifering in the second division of Austrian football. In February 2015, Huang played the first hour of a 4-2 victory over SC Austria Lustenau and managed to grab an assist for the second goal. Their history RB Salzburg were originally called SV Austria Salzburg, formed back in 1933 after a merger of the city's two clubs, Hertha and Rapid. But 17 years later, in 1950, the club was dissolved, before being re-founded in the same year. Three years later, the club were promoted to the top flight of Austrian football. After being taken over by the Red Bull Group in 2005, the club's name and kit colours were both changed. They are now sister clubs with German club RB Leipzig and have a reserve team in the second tier of Austrian football, FC Leifering, where many of its young stars, including Huang, ply their trade on loan. Their stadium RB Salzburg's stadium is named the Red Bull Arena and was opened in March 2003. However, due to UEFA's rules on sponsorship, the stadium is called Stadion Salzburg for European competitions. It was also named the EM Stadion Waldseisenheim during Euro 2008, a tournament which saw the capacity of the stadium rise from 18,200 to over 30,000 in order to host matches. Natural lawn was also installed in 2008, after artificial grass was used up until then. The stadium is located in Waldseisenheim, a municipality in the suburbs of Salzburg. Their trophies since Red Bull's takeover of the club, RB Salzburg have become the dominant force in Austrian football. They have won eight trophies as SV Austria Salzburg, including two second division titles, but that number has since jumped to a total of 30, being victorious in their last nine domestic seasons. They have now won the Austrian Bundesliga 16 times, and they also won the UEFA Youth League in the 2016-17 season. Wolves link. Wolves have never played RB Salzburg in a competitive fixture, However, former old gold striker Stefan Meyerhofer, who spent two seasons at Molyneux, switched Wolverhampton for Salzburg back in 2011. He played ten times during his time with Wolves, with his only goal coming in a 3-1 defeat to Blackburn in September 2009. Wolves World Cup 5 aside With the 2022 World Cup taking place during the middle of this season, we're closing out the programme by asking those connected with the Old Gold to create their Ultimate Wolves five-a-side team, but with an international twist. Each player has to have represented a different country. Next up offering his team is Sky Sports broadcaster, writer and Wolves fan Johnny Phillips. Goalkeeper, Wayne Hennessy. Wayne left under a bit of a cloud as Wolves sank down the divisions, says Johnny, but he deserves to be remembered as a top-class keeper at Molyneux, who played a huge part in Mick McCarthy's Premier League team. His athleticism and reach was phenomenal, along with some great distribution. His longevity in the game has been impressive, 
going on to break the great Neville Southall's Wales record with over a hundred caps. Defender, John de Wolf. This uber-cool Dutchman became a cult hero during his brief stay at Wolves, says Johnny, with his commanding displays and calmness on the ball in the heart of defence. I'll never forget seeing his hat-trick on a mud bath at Port Vale, deadly from the penalty spot too. He'd have no problem weighing in with goals in this team, as he brings the ball out of defence with great composure. Midfielder, Robbie Dennison. Robbie was a key figure in Wolves' ascent from the depths of the 4th Division, says Johnny. It was almost impossible to tell which was his stronger foot, as he spent much of his time on the left, even though his natural side was right. The ball just seemed to stick to his feet. He scored two great Wembley goals, the free kick in the Sherpa Van Trophy final in 1988, and a 30-yard thunderbolt against champions Everton in the forgotten Football League centenary tournament. Midfielder, João Moutinho. Ruben Neves was hard to leave out, and he will certainly go on to greater things, but João Moutinho on his first two seasons was the best player I've ever seen at Wolves, and he appears to be enjoying an Indian summer as he turns 36, says Johnny. Nobody treasures possession more. His sublime touch and ability to dictate play in midfield is a joy to behold. Striker, Steve Bull. The ultimate goal machine, the greatest centre-forward the world has ever seen, says Johnny. Bully is the perfect frontman for the creativity behind him and his team. Strong with both feet and with his instinctive knack at finding the corner of the net from almost any angle, he would be an unstoppable force as this five-a-side team wipes the floor with their opponents. 